Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Sometimes as a Christian, my relationship with God isn't right because of a sin. So I'm asking God to deal with this relationship here. And I lost my job. Or I need some financing over here. I need going for surgery. I need help here. But, but I, my relationship with God isn't right. The Bible says in the Old Testament, if I have sin in my heart, God doesn't hear me. You say, well, what kind of God is that? What's well, a God that loves you? See, the most important thing in your life to God is not your situation you're in. It's your situation in your heart with Him. There are books upon books and volumes upon volumes written about Jesus Christ and eternal life. But all of those could be summed up in this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We are sinners and our sin separates us from God. The penalty of our sin is death. But driven by perfect love, the just God became the justifier. Being fully God, Jesus was the only one who could provide a sinless sacrifice. Being fully man, Jesus was the only one who could die on our behalf. Pastor Mark will give you an opportunity to have this eternal life today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark. In the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3, with part two of our message entitled, Six Things We Can Know for Certain. Some of you do not have that assurance. You hope when you die, you'll go to heaven. But you can have that assurance. In my prayer this weekend, every single person will be very clear in where they stand. I'm praying. I can't make it happen. I'm praying that every single one of you who don't know beyond any shadow of a doubt that when you die, you're going to heaven. You have eternal life forever. If you don't know that, did you make that choice today? See, if you doubt it, you don't know it. You need to know it. So you need to make it sure. At every service, we've had people come. It's surprising to me because I never know how God's going to work. Many people coming crying, and from the youngest to the oldest, I now know I, I, there, there is nothing more important. I don't care what happens the rest of your life. You need to know. And it's not about this church. It's not about me. You can have the assurance, but it comes only one way, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why he went to the cross. So... We'll talk more about that at the end, but I want you to already begin thinking. This is for me. I need to know this truth. I'll give you that opportunity. Verse 14 is an interesting verse, and I want you to look at me for a moment because I'm going to give you Balmer's translation of this verse. You'll like it. Don't worry. You'll like it. You'll like it. Now, let's take a look at all of our campuses. Here, here John, 14. this is a Balmer translation. By the way, some of you knew, I'm Balmer. So you, 
you understand who this is. This is the confidence. John says this. This is the confidence. There's that word. This is the assurance we have in approaching God. He's talking about prayer. That if we ask anything we want, God will give it to us. Can I hear an amen everywhere around here? How many like that verse? How, how, many, how many received that verse this morning? Come on. How many of you really received that verse this morning? I ask anything and God gives it to me. It's wrong. <laughs> By the way, you can go to many churches in the United States. That's exactly what they teach. It's called the prosperity doctrine. It's from hell. You're not God. You can't say to God, I want this. Give it to me. He's not a puppet up there. He's God. Now, that's right. That's right. He's God. So what, what does the verse really say? All right, let's get away from Baltimore. Let's go back here. Don't make fun of me. You liked it. Now, look, look what he says. This is the confidence, talking to believers, we have in approaching God and praying. That if we ask anything, here's what you want to align in your Bible. According to his will, he hears us. Verse 15. And we know, and, and, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Here's the third thing you need to know this morning without any doubt. We know that God answers prayer. Could I hear an amen right there? Now, it's fantastic to know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. But how many know you haven't died yet? I hope you know that. You're breathing. So what does that mean? At the moment, I live on earth. There's all kinds of needs, spiritual, emotional, physical relationship in my life. And I need to know that when I pray, number one, that God is approachable. He wants to meet my needs. He, he wants to hear his children. And I, to do that, I, I've already seen that there are some conditions of God answering my prayer. And I want to give you four of them. Here's the first one to write. Number one, you have to pray. If you want God to answer to prayer, you have to pray. The Bible says this, you have not because you asked not. I was driving to church this morning and, uh, I was thinking about a situation that's coming in a few weeks and uh, kind of worried about it because I'm just trying to figure out how to get through that. And, and God said to me as I was driving here, I, I don't think I've heard that one from you. Okay. What, did, what do you mean, Pastor Mark? I hadn't asked God. So what God really said to me is, would you like to continue worry? Would you like to bring that to me and we'll work it out together? What do you think I chose? Some of you this morning... Don't look at me that way. Some of you this morning are worried all and you've never asked God what he wants or how are you going to help me? Can you help me? God knows the solution already. So sometimes we have not because we... So you can go home right now. You've learned a lot. So did I. Just come in the church. You say, but you're Pastor Mark. You're the pastor. Hello, I'm just like you. Number two, if I'm going to receive... Answers to prayer, I have to be obeying the word of God. I have to be living in obedience. Let me give you the verse. John fifteen seven. if you remain in me and my words remain in you, in other words, they're active in your light, you can ask anything you want and will be granted. You see, sometimes as a Christian, my relationship with God isn't right because of a sin. 
So I'm asking God to deal with this relationship here. And I lost my job. Or I need some financing over here. I need going for surgery. I need help here. But, but I, my relationship with God isn't right. The Bible says in the Old Testament, if I have sin in my heart, God doesn't hear me. You say, well, what kind of a God is that? What's well, a God that loves you? See, the most important thing in your life to God is not your situation you're in. It's your situation in your heart with him. The Bible even says if you come to church and you come and give an offering and you have awe against somebody, there's a relationship that's broken. Forget the offering. Go get the relationship fixed. Maybe you're here this morning. You're a Christian, but you kind of walked away. And you know what I mean? The, the, the relationship with God is a little strained. He's been talking to you about it, but you, you, you refuse to repent. And then you wonder why your prayers go boom, boom. He wants that fixed. As soon as that's fixed, the prayers begin to get answered. So it's huge. And number three, I have to mix my prayers with faith. And Mark eleven twenty four says this, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you received it, and it'll be yours. See, I shouldn't pray like this. God, well, I'm not sure you can do anything about it, but I'm bringing it to you. You told me to pray, so I'm praying. Good luck. Nice words. Nothing's going to happen. God, I know you can do something about this. I'm bringing it to you. There's nothing impossible with you. God, I know you will answer our prayers. And the fourth key is this. You have to pray according to the will of God. Now, why do I have to pray according to the will of God? Because God knows things that you don't know. And, And God's plans for me are better than any plan I have. God is all knowing. And I have to alert you this morning, you and I are not. When I pray, I want his will. Now, a few years ago, we had a different bracelet. And uh, it speaks about how God answers our prayer. Take a look at it. See if you remember this bracelet. Remember the bracelet? I pray. God answers. How does God answer our prayer? Three ways. He answers our prayers, yes. How many like a, a yes prayer? Now, don't be super spiritual. Just put your stupid hand up. Come on. How many, how many like when God says, yes, go for it? Good. Terrific. Now, the longer you live, the more you'll respect the no answers. Pretty much no one in here, including myself, likes it when God goes, no, closed door. You pout a little bit. But how many of you know after a year or two, you look back and go, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you. I would have been, what an idiot I would have been. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. See, God knows things that you don't know. So just trust him. Here's the one none of us really like. In America, we want everything what? Right now. I mean, I never would thought in America, how stupid we are. Instant rice in a package. $2.50, and you can buy 20 pounds for that. But I can put it in the mic over 30 seconds, and it tastes like mush. Have a nice life. So weight is hard. Why is weight hard? Now, I didn't look at your cupboards. Don't get offended. Don't email me. It's really good, Pastor Mark. I like it. Relax. God's timing is not your timing. It's not mine. But let me tell you this. He's never early, but he's never late. It's perfect. Maybe you're in something this morning. Allow his will to find its way into your prayer. Jesus, and we're going to celebrate communion. In the garden, what did Jesus pray? If your will is to find another way from the cross, I'll go for it. There wasn't. Aren't you glad? That's where our 
salvation came from. Now, as you begin to think about this, the other thing weight does, it builds my faith to trust him with my life. Now, we come to a, an interesting verse, and I'll go through it very quickly. It's a really difficult passage to understand, and I'm definitely not a scholar. If I mentioned this uh, pastor's name, he's on the radio every day and has been for 40-some years. You'd all know this guy's written like a thousand books. He's fantastic. And I won't mention his name for a reason. But when he came to this passage, here's, I heard him say this as he was teaching at, at his church. He said this, verse 16, I have no idea what it means. Let's go on to the next verse. I went, you can like do that? Okay. <laughs> By the way, let me just say this up front. How many know that we don't know everything? And some things we'll, we'll never get. But I, I have an accountability partner, Pastor Carl. He's a brilliant guy. And uh, we kind of bounce off things together. I'm more practical, so I help him with things. He's more, more biblical and brilliant. I'm not brilliant by any means. And uh, so I, I think I can unpack it for you a little bit. So I'll give you lots of different ideas. There's so many competitions. We're not going to spend a lot of time because bottom line, we probably really don't know the whole thing, but I think there's something really to good. We can get a good part of it. Look at verse 16. Everyone at our campuses, if anyone sees his brother, another Christian, commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. Now, I refer to those believers who sin does not lead to death. Now, look at the rest. We'll cover this later. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that he should pray about that. And then he gives us his general statement. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is a sin that does not lead to death. So let's cover the first one, a sin that does not lead to death. The intent of this first part is one thing. I want you to write it on the overhead. What is John saying? If I see a brother or a sister commit a sin, what should I do? I should Pray for them. Pray for one another. It means that we're related. We're family. Now, here's the problem. So often, I'm so selfish that my needs are just for me. In my prayer list, they're just for me. And John's challenging that. No, this verse is speaking about you and I being in relationship with one another. Now, what is John saying? Well, the Old Testament has a great verse. It says, iron sharpens iron. As I'm in accountability with people, uh, the elders, the other pastors, maybe they'll notice something in me. And privately, they have two options. They can pray about that, that God would open my eye. Maybe there's a, a sin of pride or something that I, you know, I, I'm doing that just, just isn't right. Or maybe they notice I was hurt and... There was some unforgiveness or something. They may just pray that God would open my heart to that. Because I've sinned that I haven't forgiven that person or I was prideful in this situation. Or the second option they can do is what? Come to me. Now, you can't, you can't be, as you walk out today, you go, you stop somebody as you're walking out at your campus and uh, I know you've been sinning, so I'm praying for you. <laughs> There'll be another incident. It's going to look like this. That, you don't do that because you don't know that person. So what am I talking about? If, if I'm going to do really good in my Christian walk, I need to be in community. I need to be in a community group. I need to be in a teaching group, a Bible study, some kind of relationship. Why? Because sometimes I don't see my faults like other people see them. 
By the way, usually it isn't an elder. Usually it isn't another pastor that keeps me straight. Who do you think keeps me straight? It's my wife of 47 years. <laughs> By the way, it's not my dog, Kimmy. She's clueless. But my wife keeps me straight. So let me ask you this morning. Do you have somebody that loves you enough that would come to you and say, I'm concerned? You see, sometimes you've all said this about another Christian. All of us have said this. Maybe not to the person, but maybe to your spouse. You said this as you watch what they were doing. What, what is that Christian thinking? <laughs> it's crazy. So I, 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 I should be accountable enough to receive correction myself. That's why Ephesians 4 says, speak the truth in love. I want people that care about me, don't you? And I want people to be truthful with me because that could keep me from a sin if I keep going the wrong way. So this whole thing here, it's about Satan is always attacking us. He beats us down. He leaves us without hope. And in fact, the Bible says we should carry one another's burdens. Maybe you have a close friend and they're just burdened about something. And, and that worry became a sin in their life. Pray for them, either privately, that God would open their eyes to it. Or maybe you have to just step and go, hey, bro, hey, man, you don't need to be concerned about, man, it's weighing you down. Come on, let's just pray about it right now. Now, I want to say something to you that may sound strange to you. I need you to pray for me. Every pastor and every elder on our campuses need you to pray for me, for us. We're human. We're in the battlefield. We're right on the front line. I could fall in a moment, as so many others do. I need you to pray for me. The elders and pastors, we counsel. We minister all kinds of people. We need God's wisdom. I need you to pray for us. But I want to give you one more thing. You need me. You need me praying for you. Pretty much every weekend now I come to this campus. Not to impress you. It has nothing to do with that. I walk outside, maybe 15 minutes. And I just pray for all the campuses. I don't know all your names, but God does. One of the things I prayed was what you've already heard me say this weekend, that nobody would leave here without the assurance that they're going to heaven when they die. Paul would say this often in his passages, please pray for me. Now, don't ever feel that is a weakness. No, that's a strength. Because we can't do this thing alone. Prayer is a deciding factor in spiritual warfare. By the way, at the end of our services, what have we done every week now? We have prayer counselors come here, and we ask for you at the end of the service. We'll do it again today at all our campuses. Come on down. Don't ever look at that as a weakness. Well, what do people think? What do you care what anybody thinks? I'm serious. We're crazy. And some of the needs are amazing. But when you humble yourself, God answers prayer. So please, get into that role of just coming and praying and allowing God to speak to you. Put me on your list. Put the pastors and elders on your list. We absolutely need you. Now, let's go to the hard part. The last part of verse 16. Let's just skip it and move right on. <laughs> there is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that he should pray. So what's the difference between uh, 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 sinning in a way that doesn't lead to death and sin that leads to death. Well, here's the key. Look at me. Is, is the death John's talking about physical or spiritual? There's where the division is. 
wonderful Bible commentators are divided between both. Now, let's talk about, is he talking about physical death? If he's talking about physical death, do we have any instances in the Bible when a Christian sinned and God killed him, took him right to heaven? Do we have any picture? Ananias and Sapphira. When they came in and said to Peter, here, we sold us uh, uh, this uh, piece of land and we're giving you all the money. And Peter said, really? I I think you've kept a lot for yourself. Boof! Dead. By the way, those you don't pay your tithes, I just talked to you. (laughs) I said that in love in case you didn't know that. (laughs) Okay. That could be the Balmer translation. Let's, Let's move on. Anybody else in 1 Corinthians? Paul said, you've died an early death because you made fun at communion. You used it as a party. Do we have any people that died in the Old Testament who were believers and went right to heaven? How about the guy that touched the cart? (laughs) So we do have examples of physical death. We don't understand that. Only God knows. They went to heaven, though. Hallelujah. But is this, is it physical or is it spiritual? I lean a little more to its spiritual death. What does spiritual death mean? The word death means separation. So spiritual death means this person is separated from God. And if they don't correct that separation by coming to Christ, they will die in their sins and they will remain spiritually dead. When you and I were born, we were born spiritually dead. We were alive. You can look at that in Ephesians 2. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were physically alive, but we had spiritual death. And what removes that spiritual death is forgiveness from God. Let me read you a verse why I think in context this whole book, John's been talking not about physical death, but spiritual. Let me read 1 John 3.14. We know that we pass from death to life because we love our brothers. So what is he talking about? Death to life. He wasn't talking to dead people. Physically, he was talking about... In a spiritual sense. So what is this sin? What is this sin? Well, who is John writing to? Mostly false believers. People that were teaching wrong doctrine. And when John presented them this truth, did they repent? No, they left the church. Still not believers. They continue to rebel against God. And an unrepentant spirit keeps a person from receiving salvation. So... What does that mean? Lots of people are confused, and I'll give you a simple, hopefully, understanding. You read in the Bible the unpardonable sin. That it's impossible to go to heaven if you've committed the unpardonable sin. Here's what I believe the unpardonable sin is. If you die, the moment you're getting ready to die, and you have the ability to make a choice, and you continue to reject Jesus Christ, you have committed the unpardonable sin. There's only one sin that sends a person to hell. It's not adultery. It's not stealing. It's not abusing kids. There's one sin. Rejecting the only way to heaven, Jesus Christ. How do we pray? How do we go before a righteous and loving God and ask for anything? We go with a humble heart and a heart seeking after God's desire for our life. Sometimes that's hard to take. God tells us to ask for anything and it will be granted to us. Doesn't that mean I can ask for a million dollars and God will give it to me? (laughs) No. As we submit to God, we will see His will for our life. That doesn't always mean a million dollars. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 6125. And the title of this message is Six Things We Can Know for Certain. Again, today's message number is 6125. And the title of this message is Six Things We Can Know for Certain. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue to see the six things we can know for certain. Pastor Mark challenges us with our daily walk with God. Have we changed so that others around us will see the difference and wonder what's happened to us? God wants us to live today and every day as Christ followers so that others will live forever with Him. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting world a new hope he is giving lord let us hear your